Welcome to the Upper Room Podcast. Thank you so much for stopping by. I'm Pastor Carl McLaughlin from Calvary Pentecostal Church in Euless, Texas. We're located in Dallas-Fort Worth, where 8 million call DFW home. Whether you're tuning in to Sunday or Wednesday's message, we pray that you will find words of encouragement. It is our mission to provide a positive and encouraging voice in the midst of uncertainty. I pray that you will be blessed by today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Upper Room Podcast. We're so happy you're here. This Sunday, we heard from Reverend Mitchell as he spoke on greater dimensions of faith. Allowing the call of God to break us out of our standard box of thinking, this episode is full of vision for the future. We hope you are encouraged. It's my honor to bring a great man of God, a church planner, planted a church in Denver, Colorado, April the 8th, 2012. So right at 11 years. Well, 11 years. It's been 11 years in a few days. We've been friends for quite some time. We actually went through our master's program together, graduated together. And, and then I did not know. It's funny, the last time that he preached for us, we were at Midway. And we went out to eat that night. And we went to IHOP. We're sitting there. We're, we're talking. It's like, you know, is, it, is, is the academic, is, it, is that life over? And he was like, you know, I really want to go back. I want to go for my, my doctoral degree. And so I was like, man, me too. And then we kept, you know, we kept talking. Well, it's just so expensive. It's just so expensive. And there's so much time involved in it. And I did not know, I, you know, I mean, y'all walked through the journey with me. It's like, oh, Lord, who's that man in the pulpit? Well, that's probably when I was doing my dissertation. <laughs> and, uh, and so I completed my, my doctor of education. Unbeknownst to me, Brother Mitchell was concluding his doctor of ministry, both at Liberty University. So we walked together at our master's, and we'll go in May, and we'll walk together at Liberty University. So... Pretty incredible, pretty incredible. And many of you may know this, some perhaps don't know this, but North American Missions in the United Pentecostal Church has written a concentration that they're asking all Bible colleges to integrate into their curriculum. And so we did. And we are offering a church planners concentration. And Brother Mitchell has been teaching church planning and has been taking the, the courses that they develop at headquarters. And who better than one who actually planted a church and is a church planner and then also has the perspective of education, but more importantly, has the anointing of God on his life. And so it's a high honor and a privilege to have Brother and Sister Mitchell here today. And we want to welcome the man of God as he comes. We want you to preach to us. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. It is good to be here with your pastor and family, and we appreciate the opportunity to spend this Sunday afternoon with you. It's been a journey. It's been a journey, but here, here we are. 
Um, my wife and I first planted a church in North Carolina, Asheville, North Carolina, in 1997, June the 1st of 97. That church will be celebrating, I guess, 26 years in June. Um, first church that we started and started two now in the Denver metro area. So there's a few, a few stories we could tell about about church planting, and it has been an honor to be a part of NTCC the last six months or so involved in the classes, and I look forward to, to the future there. I want to, if you will allow me just to take a moment, I, I got my phone out, which I usually do not have this um, out, especially when I'm in the pulpit, but I was reminded while you were worshiping of a moment just recently and I had to I had to go back get the phone out and look back through some text to to find a specific date it was March the 7th and I confirmed that on my phone a few moments ago it was March the 7th what is that six six weeks or so ago that I text your pastor on March the 7th, and um, I'll be candid enough with you just to, let me go back there and I'll read you the text. Now, not all of my texts I would want to read in a public setting like this, but, but I, will, I will go back and read, read, this, read this text. Let me, let me see if I can find this. We talk to each other this way, so <laughs> March 7th, I text your pastor and said, bro, <laughs> it wasn't doctor to doctor, do doctor, <laughs> it was bro, it's just, it's the way, I guess that's the way we do it here in Texas, I was born and raised in Houston, so I guess that's the Texas stuff coming out, bro. I have to put this out there. For the last couple of weeks, you and your church have been heavy in my spirit. I'm praying. That's the text. I feel there's a prophetic word in this house today that God began developing some eight or so weeks ago, two months ago. And today, I feel a witness that there's a culmination of something that God has instituted in the spirit that today we will step into in the physical and in the natural. It is not an accident that you're in this house today. It's not an accident that you made the effort to get here on this Sunday. It's not because I claim to be anything, but I do know who our God is. And whatever you have come into this house with today, it's not too hard for God. What you carried into this place today, we have already seen evidence 
that God is in the house to do a mighty work on this Sunday afternoon. I, I want you to lift your hands just to heaven for a few moments here and say, God, whatever it is that you have for me today, I want that. I, talk to him for, for just a few moments here. God, I want that today. I, I want that to happen in my spirit. I, I do not know exactly what that may mean to you, but I do know that God is here. He is here Amen, 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 amen. Good to have my wife along on the journey. <laughs> um, I appreciate her so much. The things that we have, that we have seen and done and been a part of in, in ministry over the years. No way I could have uh, faced those things or weathered those things alone. And so we... We're celebrating how many years this year? 20, 21, 33? Really? Where, where has time? Where has time gone? Amen. My goodness. It's good to have my wife. I love her, and I, I'm glad she's traveling with me. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to the book of, of 2 Kings. 2 Kings, the sixth chapter. I'm going to read... Several verses here. Follow along with me. I will highlight a couple verses as we as we arrive there. But I'm looking at Second Kings six, verse number eleven. The Bible says the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled for this thing. I'll explain what the thing was in a moment. He called his servants and said unto them, Will ye not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? King of Syria is now saying, Someone, someone in, this, in this camp, in this kingdom, is, is for the king of Israel. And I intend on finding out exactly who that individual may be. And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet that is in Israel, telleth the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in thy bedchamber. The servant spoke up and said, it, It's not us, king, but there is a prophet in Israel, and, and it's the prophet that continues to tell the king of Israel what you have been saying in in places of secret. And he said, go and spy where he is. Someone find this prophet that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, behold, he is in Dothan. He said, someone find the man that continues to tell the king what we are planning. I want a meeting with him. And they said, he's in Dothan. Therefore, sent he thither horses and chariots and a great host, and they came by night and compassed the city about. It's interesting to me that the king of Syria would send, as the Bible said, he would send horses and chariots and a great host for one man. That, that it sounds like 
the king of Syria was amassing a group of people for a battle when actually he was only going to find one man. One man. And there's horses and chariots and a great host. And they came by night and they compassed the city about. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, a host compassed the city both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? Servant sees as he looks out the chariots and the horses and the great host and he he turns to the prophet and he said, how is this going to work out for us? Doesn't look like, doesn't look like uh, it, it's going our way. And watch this. He said, he, and he answered, fear not, for they that be with us, they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Verse 17, and Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee. Open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. Amen. What a beautiful, beautiful revelation that, that comes to him. And it goes on to say, and when they came down to him, Elisha prayed unto the Lord and, and said, Smite these people as you go on through the scripture you see that there is a progression that is happening here. A progression of the enemy deciding that they wanted to, to find out exactly who this man was that was giving away all of the secrets. And then they, they go out to find the man and God opens up the eyes of the servant so he could see the host of the Lord. They come down to him. Elisha prays. And the Bible said he prayed, smite this, this people, I pray thee, with blindness. And he smote them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. And this, this continues back and forth, back and, back and forth. There's an interesting development here. And, and I want to talk to you about it for just a few moments. And, and I believe God's going to help us today. Let me talk to you about the progressive dimensions of faith the progressive dimensions of faith all right god bless you you may be seated thank you for standing amen the bible tells us that uh, the individuals were indeed stricken with blindness according to the word of elisha and elisha said unto them this is not the way neither is this uh, the city, follow me, and I will bring you to the man whom ye seek. And the story continues to develop. But he led them to Samaria, and it came to pass when they were come to Samaria that Elisha said, Lord, open, open the eyes of these men that they may see. And the Lord opened their eyes, and they saw, and behold, they were in the midst of Samaria. And the king of Israel said unto Elisha, when he saw them, my father, shall I smite them? Shall I smite them? And he answered, Thou shalt not smite them. Wouldest thou smite those whom thou hast taken captive with thy sword and with thy bow? Set bread and water before them, that they may eat and drink and go to their master. And he prepared great provision, the Bible said, for them. And when they had eaten and drunk, he sent them away, and they went to their master. So the bands of Syria, watch this now, the bands of Syria 
came no more into the land of Israel. That's a powerful ending to this story. That in a matter of moments, what could have been an all-out war, now it ends with these individuals going back and never, according to the scripture, coming back to the land of Israel. Faith. Everybody say faith. Faith has dimensions to it. And sometimes our uh, perspective of faith is that there is only one outcome. There's just one outcome to what we're believing God for and how all of that will develop. I think if you were to go back and not know the ending of this story and, and just read through the first verses of this lengthy text that I've read to you, that you would no doubt think that this was going to end differently than the way it ended, that somehow there would be a battle that would ensue because of where Syria was and where Israel was and the division that seemed to be there, that somehow in all of this there would be bloodshed, in all of this there would be a falling out, in all of this there would be taking up arms and there would be some kind of outcome much different than one of set bread and water. Water before them, feed them until uh, that really they have no more want, and then send them back. Faith in its uh, in its very uh, infancy, if you will. Sometimes we we like to manipulate faith, and we like to control faith, and and we like to put our own perspective on faith. And and when we say we have faith, what we're really saying is, God, I have the answer, and do it just like I want you to do it. When, when faith in and of itself is something that you cannot control and I cannot control, it's something that we have to lend ourselves to and trust God through the progression of it all, the progression of faith and how God wants things to, to uh, develop. Amen. Being told that, 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 that something is beautiful, being told that something is amazing is quite different than actually seeing it for yourself. Someone could tell you, well, I, I visited there, I traveled there, I saw this, this is the way it looked. And, and, and it may seem that, oh, that's, that's amazing, but, but being told something and actually seeing it for yourself is two completely different things. It's two completely different things. Whether that is some uh, beautiful scenery or that you come across on an exotic vacation or you travel to some far-flung destination that you've always heard about or there is some kind of uh, internal shift that happens in your perspective. Uh, my wife and I and our daughters Back at the end of last year, we, we traveled to Ireland. I remember as a, as a child doing a report, a book report on 
Ireland, and we had to draw a map and, and with colored pencils. Do they even have colored pencils anymore? And, and we, had to, we had to color color in the Emerald Isle. I, I remember uh, the green as a, as a child because I wanted to stay in the lines, and, and I wanted it to look Ireland, just uh, the, the past. And we were in Ireland for a few days, and then we traveled over to uh, Scotland, and we were in Scotland for a few days. Pastor was talking about it earlier, and it, it, it just caused me to reminisce. A few months ago, we were in Ireland, and then we went to uh, Scotland, and while we were in Edinburgh, Scotland, amazing place, and heard about it, people have told me about it, but actually being there and, and seeing things for for yourself, it, it was amazing, and we went from uh, Scotland to England, and we spent a few days in London, and by the way, it was the least, uh, the least of the most enjoyable things that we had on that, that trip. I would probably go back there and pass through there, but anyway, that's, that's a whole other story, but we saw a lot of sights, and we saw amazing things, things we've been told about, but until you see it for yourself, until you see the landscape until you see the castles, until you relive, if you will, some of the history and drive the back roads and take it all in. It's two very different things. We live in the mountains of, or just uh, east of, of the mountains, the Rocky Mountains in in Colorado and we get up most every day and I'm always amazed to look to the west and, and see the mountains and, and take in all of the, the beauty of, of that scenery. To go to where we've been in times past. Stay with me for a few moments. We, we've been to the Grand Tetons and it's amazing to go and, and drive that that drive and go and take it all in. Amazing to see those things. I've, I've been to the Blue Ridge and I've seen the Sierra Nevadas and, and I've been to the Alaskan Range and seen the Cascades and uh, the Adirondack. Uh, it goes on and on and on and on. A lot of mountains, but it, I can tell you about them, but until you see them for yourself, they all have a little bit of a different look to them. The way uh, the sheerness of it all, the cliffs and the rolling hills, and it's amazing. We traveled uh, quite a bit, been to uh, various islands and all over Europe and Asia and the Caribbean and the Middle East, and in about three or four weeks, I'm going to South America again to preach there, and, and I can tell you about places that we've been, but until you see it yourself, you really, you really don't understand the magnitude of it all. The same is if I were to stand here and say today that doubt doesn't have to control your life. Fear doesn't have to be a part of your existence. Worry and stress, you can live stress-free. People, people can tell us all kinds of things, that, that life can be better for you, and, and the load that you are carrying, and the negativity that surrounds your life, or the criticism, or the, the small-mindedness that may be there, you, you, or, or, or willingness. You don't have to accept sameness. It, it can be different for you. I can tell you those things, 
But until you see it for yourself, you really don't understand it. I can be in this pulpit today and explain to you that life doesn't have to be as hard as it may seem right now. That, that you do not have to lay awake all night uh, tossing and turning and overwhelmed with your situation. I can tell you that, but until you experience it for yourself, you'll not really understand what I'm talking about. It will sound like rhetoric. It'll sound like just a fairy tale. It will sound like something that's so far-fetched, but, but I'm here to tell you that before you walk out of this building today what you came in with you do not have to leave with what was controlling your life does not have to control your life any longer you may have been born in poverty and you may have been born into addiction and you may have been born into abuse and you may have been born into all kinds of situation but you don't have to live that way the entirety of your life you don't have to carry that from the cradle to the grave you can make one visit to an apostolic altar and everything in your life can drastically change everything in your world can completely it can shift I said it can change amen I was blessed enough, privileged enough to grow up in, in a home where possibility to succeed was evident and to be taught and constantly reminded that there were deeper rounds of the Spirit. My sister and I were encouraged to seek after that. We were encouraged to explore what tomorrow may bring. I'm thankful for uh, that upbringing. And, and I can say to you that if you're not careful, you will spend all of your time in, in, an, in a Pentecostal atmosphere, if you will. Someone in the pulpit telling you what it can be like and what it should be like and what we... But until you go there yourself, until you step out there yourself, it's two different things completely. I can say the mountains are beautiful, but until you see them for yourself. I can say traveling to a far-flung place is a wonderful experience, but until you do it yourself, and the same holds true for what God has intended for this church today. I can stand in the pulpit and say, God's been working for the last eight weeks to bring somebody to the place where he can move in their life today and it'll just be a word to you until you say today is my day this is my I've been waiting on this Sunday I've been waiting on this move I've been waiting on this moment I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. I'm not leaving here the same way that I came. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. I can declare it to you. And when the man of God declares it, you're at the first level of faith or the first dimension of faith. But you're never going to have it until you move beyond that dimension. It's progressive. You start preaching and faith starts rising. 
Someone locks a hole, they get a hole, they say, yes, 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 I think he's talking to me today. I I think he may be referencing my situation. Who told that man what I'm going through? That's what happens at the first dimension of faith. But miracles don't happen at that first dimension. Because faith is progressive. At some point... (laughs) You have to decide it's not just going to be things that I'm hearing about. It's something that I will engage in. It's something that I will lay hold on and see what God may do in my situation. Faith is easily, or at least it seems easily attained when it's presented in most situations. We'll say, have faith. And you'll say, okay, I'll have faith. But then six weeks later or two years later, nothing's changed. Because just saying, okay, I'll have faith, isn't going to change the situation. That's just where it begins. I said, that's where it's just beginning. It has to be fostered from there and move forward. And many, many, many times it's because the person that is advertising that there is a, an act or a, a move that should transpire isn't always facing the impossibility themselves. So when someone says to us, you can make it, they may be speaking by faith. But we're sitting on the other end of that thinking, well, you're not going through what I'm going through. (laughs) You're not paying. It's easy for you to say that my marriage will work out. It's easy for you to say that God's going to fix this financial situation. It's easy for you to say that that healing is coming because you're not the one that's just faced this this, this diagnosis. Hello? And so it seems like, well, they're they're, they're just saying things or they're they're just throwing stuff out there. But, But you don't really know what some of us have already walked through. You don't know where some of us have already come from. You don't know what we've already endured. You don't, I may not be in it this moment, but that's not saying I wasn't in it a few weeks ago. I I may not be in it this moment, but that's not saying I haven't faced it in days gone by. I might not be in the same situation you're in right now, but I can promise you, he's brought us a long way. Hallelujah. He's been faithful through a lot of ups and downs. He's been consistent in every kind of struggle and situation. And so when we say God can do it, we're speaking out of faith trying to get you to understand don't give up right now don't quit right now because the same God that came through for me is the same God that will come through for you no matter what your struggle is no matter what your situation is no matter what your pain is God can do it I said God can do it God can can do it. Hallelujah. Amen. And so the other side of all of this is this pressure that comes. Just because the pressure isn't always applied directly to us in in every moment doesn't mean that we haven't personally felt it at some time or another in, in our lives. And it seems simple to believe that that the most impossible 
of circumstances can really change, it seems simple to believe that until you're actually in one of those impossible situations. And then all of our shouting and dancing and amening and agreeing, and then, then we're face to face with it on Monday or on Thursday. And, and, and okay, I, I'm wondering now, is this really going to work? It worked for others. Will it work for me? I want to reassure you, it will work for you just like it has worked for others. Here we are in this text, and it's, it's, a, it's unusual. It's an unusual dilemma. Here, Syria is saying, someone, someone is betraying us. The king is like, we have to find out who is betraying us. Because every decision we make and every discussion we have, Israel is one step ahead of us and they know what we're going to do. It's like someone is listening in and sharing information. Who is it? And the answer comes back, it's no one here, but there's a prophet there. Hallelujah. Amen. We ought to thank God for people in our life who can hear from God. Amen. We, 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 don't, we don't have to hear their conversation. We have a God who can reveal the conversation. We don't have to be in the present in the situation. We have a God that can lead and direct us knowing the situation. Amen. They said, well, there, there's a man named Elisha. He's a prophet. He's telling them, telling the king what you're saying in secret. And, and the king is like, well, we have to go find this man. Someone find him. Well, he's in Dothan. Well, let's send, let, let's send horses and let's send chariots and let's send a great host. Listen, the adversary is afraid of people who hear from God. Hallelujah. The enemy is out to destroy anybody that has an ear to what the Spirit is saying. Amen. If there's come attack in your life, it could be because you've drawn closer to God than where you have been in times past. And what others are not hearing, you're hearing. And what others are not understanding, you're understanding. And so the enemy says we're going to do everything we can to stop this, to hinder this, to push this back. But, but this isn't a time for us to sit down and allow that to happen. It's a time that we dig in and know that our faith has to move to another dimension. It cannot just be encouraging faith. It has to be active faith. Hallelujah. It can't be I sit on this side and just hear how good God is. It's I must stand up and step in to the goodness of God and see what God will do. Somebody shout amen. amen. So the prophet of God is singled out. He's the culprit. And uh, he, he has caused demise to the elaborate plans that have been developed. And, and now uh, he is going to be stopped for this. And it's interesting that the enemy shows up. The servant of the prophet looks out and he said... Uh, this doesn't look good. What, what's going to happen to us? Just, just so, you know, you ever think this way? I hope God gives me a few moments warning. Because things that may not be right, I need to get them right real quick. 
that, that's kind of where the servant was, I think. I think he was in one of those, he was, he was deathbed. He was deathbed repentance. He, he was in the bed saying, oh, no, this does not look good, and I need to get some things in order as quickly as possible. Prophet, how's this going? What what's going to happen here? Because when I look out there, I see horses, and I see chariots, and I see an army. And the Bible said the prophet prayed, God, open up his eyes. Let him see. I've been telling him that you can. I've been telling him that you will. I've been telling him that that we're going to make it. And now he's wondering, would you just open up his eyes? Let him see for himself. And, 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 And the servant looks out. And now he sees horses. And he sees chariots but not just the adversary he sees horses and chariots of fire that are on the mountains right where the adversary may be can I tell you that there will come a time in your situation where God will open your eyes and it will not just be what people have been telling you but you'll start seeing it for yourself when he looked out there no more asking the prophet are we going to make it How is this going to turn out? When he saw for himself, he realized in that moment that God is on our side. I've come by to preach today and tell you that God wants to open your eyes. Not to just what you have heard. Not to what you've been been exposed to. But actually seeing that he has never left us. He has never forsaken us. He has never abandoned us. He has never walked away from us. But in your deepest, darkest moment, he was right there all the time. God, I don't want to just hear about how good you are. I want to see how good you are. Come on, we hear about a lot of miracles. But some of us never witness a seeing the miracle. Seeing what God can do. I felt in my spirit not long ago that God is ready to take this church to a new dimension where you have never been before. Things that you have heard taught and things that you have heard prophesied and things that you have heard preached that God is about to align you into a place where you can begin to see the miraculous around you. No more talking about what used to happen or what may happen, but actually rising up as, a, as men and women of faith and saying, God, move us to a new dimension. God, move us in this progression to a place where the lame are walking, where the blind are seeing, where the deaf ear is unstopped. Where the possessed is delivered. Where the attic is set free. Hallelujah. Where the tumors leave. Hallelujah. Where the pain goes. Oh, I feel faith here right now. I feel it rising in this house. There's a hunger in this place right now. To say, God, open up our eyes. Open up our eyes to what? I feel the presence of God here in a notable way. 
I'm declaring it right now. Notable miracles about to happen in this house. Notable miracles about to happen in this house. Please don't think I'm belittling a headache. But I'm talking about more than your head hurting today. I'm talking about more than you got a toe ache somewhere. I'm talking about the doctor saying... There's nothing else we can do but the great physician stepping in saying, but there's something I can do. Hallelujah. Because it's by his stripes that we were healed. If you have sickness in your body right now, if I were you, I wouldn't wait any longer. I'd say, God, I'm ready for my miracle right now. I'm ready for my miracle right now. You walked in here tormented. I'm ready to be set free. Walked in here suicidal. I'm ready to be set free. Walked in here depressed. I'm ready to be set free. Come on, the preacher can talk about it. But God is here to do it. I said God is here to do it right now. Thank you so much for listening. As our faith grows here at CPC, we will become better together. If you would like to stay connected with the church, podcast, and upcoming events, you can visit us at calvaryulis.org or on social media, Facebook, and Instagram at Calvary Pentecostal Church. God bless.